This is going to be a long fucking ride. You what? Sorry, I'm speaking to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> The Drop Back, with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak, and Joe Costanzo. And we're back with another episode of The Drop Back Podcast. This week, I'm your host, Stan Wilson, and I'm joined by Sam Lewis. Hey, Stan. Joe Costanzo. Howdy, Stan. How we doing? Not too bad, thanks, Joe. Next week, we'll be hopefully joined by Matt Burns Peak, but nothing can be guaranteed at this point. Get rid of him, throw him in the bin. <laughs> Before we crack on with this week's episode, we've got a few news items just to get through. Brett Ripien has been named Bronco starting quarterback for Thursday Night Football versus the Jets. Nick Foles is set to start his second game, or sorry, his first game for the Chicago Bears after being introduced halfway through Sunday's game. And three Titans players have COVID 19. And their game from Sunday has been postponed to around Monday or Tuesday. It's not been decided just yet. I thought it was four players. It might yeah, that's um, the big news, really, that one. There's three players, is, about six news. or so, back, backfield staff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, including the long snapper. Tragic. Is it yeah. long snapper included? I thought it must have been important players because... No, there were no important players, Who was the Falcons player that had it? Who was the Falcons uh, player that Terrell. had it? Didn't he just sit out and the Falcons just played? Granted, yeah. they'd probably yeah. rather not played, but why can't they do the same thing with the Titans? Uh, I'm not really too sure. Give them a test this week. I think it was because they tested positive after, like, after the game. So there was the potential. I know originally during the thing they were they were testing everyone on the Vikings as well. I think the idea was that they were worried that people were playing during the game who had then tested positive. And that's why they're doing extra testing now and they're postponing the games until Monday or Tuesday next week. But they're I'm not postponing the Vikings game, are they? No, because all the Vikings players have come out not positive, it seems. Well, exactly. it's kind of so why can't, they te- why can't they test Titans players midweek and have them training Thursday, Friday, Saturday? I don't know. Presumably they're going to deep clean the facility because I know that their, um, their buildings can be shut until at least Saturday, they've said. So I assume that's part of... I don't really know what the protocol is here. It wasn't very clear from the NFL either. I know we were mentioning that before going into the season, but it seems like from this, like if you test positive, there's going to be a whole round of extra testing. Obviously that the Vikings have it, have it you know, not as, not as harsh because they none of the players have come back positive. So we can safely kind of assume that they haven't contracted it during the game. So it must have been after the game. Um, just staying on the topic of protocols, the NFL will now um, will now enforce these protocol these protocols, and they will fine teams in terms of draft picks, and they will also hand up suspensions if teams do not meet these protocols. Is that including the, the masks, isn't it? Because coaches still continue to ignore it. Um, I assume bit. so. Yeah. So maybe maybe that means a sideline ban for a coach. They might have to coach from the booth for one game. We don't know. Not sure but, how that uh, would really make a huge difference. I don't understand. Offensive coordinators are always in the booth anyway. So, I think it's more for a team morale perspective and just running your guys up around you in those in those crucial moments of the games. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is it's, a huge competitive advantage for the Steelers, though, isn't it? If, if the game, I know it's only been put back one or two days, but the fact is they're allowed in the facility all, yeah. all week. But yeah, not even just for practicing, they'll be able to practice what they're going to implement against the t- Titans. But their players will be able to see physios for the little injuries that they're bound to have picked up by now. 
what are Titans players going to do if they've got those little knocks and strains at the moment? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be really tough for the Titans to cope with it. And yeah, we'll just have to see what pans out, whether that game happened on Monday, Tuesday, or hey. not at all. And we can't imagine what would happen in that case. Also, just on, on that note as well, um, I think it's going to be kind of hard on both the Steelers and the Titans uh, playing in week five on a Sunday with a shorter week without having planned for a shorter week ahead of schedule. You know, we, we, we don't know how that's going to affect them as well. Yeah, but we all knew this was going to happen going into it. It happened with the MLB, with the Marlins at the start. And despite all the doubt everyone had about if the MLB would continue, now they're, they're doing a bubble system going into the playoffs. Do you guys think the a bubble might happen no. in the NFL playoffs? No, no I can't. The teams, oh, in the teams play, are way too big. In the playoffs. Because the teams are way too big. The teams are too big. You've got too many, too much staff, too many coaches, too many players on the on the roster. It's it's That's too why hard you to facilitate. Yeah, it's too, how, where would you fit them all? With the NBA bubble, it's fine because the teams are really small and you don't have anywhere near as many coaches and trainers and other backroom staff. I don't yeah. think it'd be you need so many hotels. I mean, maybe it is feasible, but I don't think they will go about doing it. It but, depends if we get another breakout down the line, then they may have to think about it. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be in one location. I'm saying maybe have it across several locations, several hotels. Uh, so, that's so hard to enforce. Yeah. But we, the so people were breaking the, the bubble in the NBA. Imagine you've got, what, 15, 16, 14 locations, and how are you going to stop someone? It, yeah, but I'm just saying let's... And, all right, let's imagine a situation where a starting quarterback uh, tests positive before a playoff game, and then that team is just screwed. But how is that any different than starting quarterback breaking his leg, falling down a stair? It's because it's preventable. A lot more, you know, it's it's not just yeah. a one-off thing. You you can you can plan ahead and day. Yeah. Well, for, viewing numbers, for viewing numbers purposes as well, it's within the NFL's best interest to protect these players as best they can. Of course, broken leg is not necessarily as preventable, but COVID nineteen certainly is in this case. Yeah. And it's, we've seen it in other sports. It might be difficult, but I'm, I'm saying just the NFL is a big fucking sport and it brings a lot. How, of many, how many people do they have in baseball rosters? Um, the, the active roster, I think it's around 20. All right, so it is double the 20, people. 20, 30. I'm not, really t- I'm not too sure. I should yeah. know this, but anyway. Um, it's hard to speculate on something like this, seeing as we've got no concrete um, news over what's going to happen. But we'll be back with, um, back with an update on the situation next week. Before then... We've had a few um, surprising games in week three, a couple upsets, and an upset that wasn't really an upset because it was a draw. So let's kick off. I with was that. upset. You were upset. <laughs> Talk us through what, what happened, Slee. The the thing that upset me the most was the fact that we didn't bloody go for it on the two yard line. How can you have a book called Fearless and not go for a win on a, for a two point conversion? It's bang out of order. Because you're like, frauds. We are pretty fraudulent at the moment, to be honest. For any new listeners, this is a uh, slow. He's a uh, vivid, uh, sorry, avid Eagles fan, and they just drew to the uh, Bengals this weekend. Vivid, yeah, he's, he's, he's particularly vivid this week, mate. Avid was the word I was looking for, though. I think. No, we shot ourselves in the foot way too many times. We saw some improvement in some parts of the play from Carson Wentz. He threw a couple of good balls, but I, I honestly don't know what's going on with him. It's like he's it's just mechanics. like he's lost it. His it's mechanics not, have gone not, so much worse. No, they're they, not they, that they, much different. They're not that much different. In 20, look at 2017 Carson Wentz. I mean, like, <laughs> he looked... He, all right, what, the one positive I'd say is Carson Wentz looked a lot more mobile than previous. He had to be. He, he scored, he scored a, a running touchdown, which is good. No, but you're right. He, he looked more mobile outside the pocket than he has done since 2017. At least he's running yeah, so around in, again now. Showing less fear on that foot. But you're right. 
it just seems a bit iffy everything he does. I'd, yeah, so because everything his he does great. mechanics are different than in 2017. If you look yeah, and then he makes weird. I don't think it also seems he doesn't have faith in anyone except the tight ends, and defenses know that, so they just cover the tight ends tightly. And like, because you could be scared of Greg Ward and <laughs> Hightower and Deontay Burnett on a consistent basis. Greg Ward was surprisingly reliable, though. He's surprisingly yeah, you, reliable, you but he's not. On your he's, not a, team. he's not a game winner, though, is he? No, he's absolutely not. And just going on to the other side of the ball, Cincinnati should have won that game. Absolutely should have won it. And yeah, Zach, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor cost them the game there very much. So Joe Burrow put together an absolutely phenomenal performance. He looked like he'd been in the league for two to th- two or three years. He did everything right. But one thing I noticed on Sunday night in particular was the play calling was just really, really just dodgy. Because mm. like, where, where Joe Burrow succeeds best, he succeeds best in a spread offense with maybe a, a running back in shotgun or something like that. That's what he ran at LSU. That's what he does best. And when you switch it up and go to a heavy set, maybe 12 personnel with Joe Mixon behind you, you know they, the Eagles knew exactly what was coming. It was going to be a run with Joe Mixon because they didn't do anything else out of that formation. They didn't even do They should have whipped out a couple of deep play action shots from under centre, but they just didn't. It exactly. was really bizarre. I mean, they, they were fortunate by the, by the fact that they were helped out by Nate Gary on defense, who I don't understand. Oh, Nate how Gary looks so he, bad. Honestly, he was awful. He, when, Your whole linebacking core in general didn't... Yeah, so we just, don't give him any money because we yeah, think it's that it's not NFL not necessary. standard. It's not. It's really not. Mm. He was completely yeah. at fault for that first touchdown. Like, he keeps just running to the pylon. when the, he, he sees the guy behind him, he checks, turns back to, and just keeps running flat rather than just looking at the guy that he's supposed to be covering. Yeah, it was really questionable both sides. One thing we, we both noticed, Lou, was the running, the running again, back on, on the Cincinnati side of things. They ran the ball consistently on first down, despite the fact it wasn't working. The fact that, yeah, Joe Burrow had an amazing game. Why are you not passing on first downs? Because if you run off a short yardage on first down, the likelihood is you're going to face a third down. Those are situations you don't want to be in, especially with an inexperienced that's what, that's why our That's why our D-line, we had 10 sacks on Burrow because they kept putting him in third and long situations where we were just teeing off on them. Yeah, our D-line, it's the, first week, it's the first week where they've looked like value for all the money that they've put into that unit. And that is one thing that's somewhat positive as an Eagles fans going forward, but I'm not filled with confidence. I've got a few more potential positives as well it, on the Eagles front. Is Slay looks really good. Slay and, does look really good. That's yeah. something we haven't had for years. And he's he's he when he came back after he got injured, he came back and then he basically finished the Bengals possession in overtime. Mm. That was a, a key moment for him. And Miles Sanders also on offense looks like a he's fucking God. great running back. Like honestly, he needs more touches in these games because he he what was it like eighteen carries for ninety five yards. Mm. Like if you gave him what seven more carries there that he could have made a bit of a difference I think yeah, he thing, was really yeah. phenomenal he was you the difference what? maker in that game all that yeah. stuff is fantastic but the two things that as an Eagles fan I was I could bank on coming into the season would have been Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson and they've both been terrible what do you think of they Jason are. Peters he's Jason a bit of a Peterson revolving is, door is a waste of time at the moment he may as well not he's, even stand he's there slow and old. he's slow and old and he's just he's well too be old yeah, I, I was thinking it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say washed up. It's kind of sad to say because he's been such a good tackle in the league for so many years. Yeah. But he's, he's not what he was. Should we go no, like that, Joe? Yeah. Who, he thought, what is he, 38? Yeah, he's something like there. that. He's old as hell. Yeah. yeah. Talking, um, of, um, talking of oldness, we're tired of the same old story of the Falcons. Them choking games out every single week, it seems. Their recent loss was to the Bears on Sunday where oh, they choked the 27-10 lead. 
And yeah. the, and they allowed Nick Foles three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, which he had absolutely no right to whatsoever. When, when's this going to stop, boys? It won't because their defense is trash. And this one, this one is just as much on the offense. I know Joe wants to get in a bit on the play calling, but yes. even if Joe doesn't think that was good enough, there were open players, and Matt Ryan just had an awful game down the stretch. I think it really think- was. As it got into like the later on in the game, and especially in the fourth quarter, Matt Ryan looked kind of shook. He was he was kind of hitting up. Like, he's almost so shell shocked from the original Super Bowl loss that I feel like when a comeback seems to be coming, he just starts losing it, and then he's he's missing open throws and things like that. Right? Exactly. I was yeah. Talk about missing throws. He missed a, like a wide open pass to Ito Smith. It was a screenplay. It was oh, man yeah. coverage, cover two. The corner was sitting well off, but seven or eight yards off the line of scrimmage. And he just airmails it over Ito Smith's head. Was that in the fourth quarter? Yeah, fourth quarter. That was the one that Slew showed in the... I I I think think that's catchable. It's not over his head, it's to the side. The camera angle makes it look like it goes over his head. And he does have to whip it around Khalil Mack, who's right in his face. That that wasn't the worst of his throws. But my issue with that, and Slew kind of harpened onto it earlier, it's just the play calling in the fourth quarter was was terrible, in my opinion. There were a lot of situations where... Like five minutes, 30-ish left, down 10 points. They ran on first first and 10 for two yards. Right, fair enough. Well done. Then they passed twice. They, they On third down, Matt Ryan looked like he could run at least to keep, keep the clock moving, but instead to try that this. That was only second down. Oh, I thought that was, that was third down. What, what to the tight end? Yeah, when he throws it back across him. So okay, that's only yeah. second down. Yeah, that's what was but more still, annoying then the third it. down, was it the deep shot to, um, yeah. yeah, that he airmailed. So, even either way, you've you've got two opportunities there to keep the clock moving down ten points, and they didn't. Then four minutes down three points, three downs in a row. They're they're throwing the ball. Like what are you doing? This is the same criticism that everyone had in the original Falcons versus the Pats game two years ago, is that I, I, they haven't been consistent with the running game in the fourth quarter, and they're letting this happen to them. It's bad clock management all around. I think the difference is between the 49ers. Yeah, I agree. They should have run more, but in that Super Bowl. They were running the ball consistently and then they just stopped. Yeah. In this game, the reason they got away from it was when it was down the stretch, they weren't getting any yards because the Bears were expecting the run. So they felt they had to go to the pass. But they don't need to get yards. They just need to waste time. But they wouldn't, have managed the to wa- they wouldn't have managed to waste enough time but that they, the Bears they were wouldn't have to shop. I know it's, it's good to look back and, and complain, but in retrospect, they were throwing it three times in a row and whiffing and having to punt it. And then give the ball back within a minute to, to the Bears' true. offense. Although that's true, though, when the Bears were in one score of them, why are you running on first down? Because if you're running on first down and your run game isn't successful, you're going to land yourself in third down. And I'm, when it comes to football, I'm not a massive analytics guy because I don't really believe in it in this context. But you can't allow yourself to get into third downs because those are the situations where your win percentage chance like decreases massively. Mm. Because third downs, they're clutch moments. The pressure's on, and it won't work most of the time. When Matt Ryan's playing like that, would you not rather, you know, have an attempt at three? They weren't three doing runs? anything on the ground. They weren't doing anything on the ground anyway. You've got to hope that Matt Ryan and all his plethora of receiving weapons he's got connect for one because they, when they were running the ball, they weren't getting anywhere. Yeah, and I guess it, especially he late in the that, game. But yeah, and then he had a chance to come back and just threw the threw the game away mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah, at that point he just looked completely rattled to me. I think. yeah. On the other side, on the other side of things, though, although the Falcons' offense most certainly choked that game out, why did Nick Foles score three touchdowns in that third quarter? Like, not necessarily from a Falcon defensive point of view, but how did he do it? 
The ones oh, the, the, Anthony Miller made no sense. I oh, he just he just kept on chucking up the ball. It was like it was fifty fifty balls the entire the entire time he was in the game. He went around. I think it was fifty percent completion rate. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's what he does. He, he was just putting the ball up for his receivers to get. And it, yeah. 50% that's what he does. Uh, honestly, that's what he does. I reckon Jimmy Graham and Alan Robinson. If Falls oh, they're going to have, have huge years because he likes the big targets that go up and win it. That's what happened in our run with um, at the end of twenty seventeen. He threw it up to Alshon Jeffrey, threw it up to Zach Ertz. He likes his big weapons that can go up and make plays. That's so he's he not the actors to do it. And when he's, he, not, when he, he's not yeah. going to have a better um, completion percentage than Trubisky. What he's going to do is when the shots half show themselves, he will take the oppo- those opportunities. So I think they've probably got a better chance to win with Foles. He's less jittery for sure than 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 Trubisky. I think Trubisky kind of overthinks things still and kind of has it in his head a bit. Whereas Nick Foles, I mean, he should have been picked off three times, I think. Oh, absolutely. There was, there was a throw he threw straight through triple coverage and somehow didn't end in a pick. Is that the one that um, went between the Falcons players' hands? Yeah, yeah was that the Anthony Miller yeah. touchdown? Um, there was an Anthony Miller touchdown that two, two defensive backs clearly could have picked the ball off. No, it wasn't that. There were, it was Basically, it went through the Falcons players' hands. Someone caught it. A Falcons player stripped it. Anthony Miller picked it up. Falcons players stripped it again, and then Miller fell on it. Oh my God. I don't know how they didn't get a turnover from that whole sequence. Yeah, his throws were dodgy all around. Like there was, there was an example, um, a motion play. Alan Robinson was on the right-hand side of the field. He motions in. It's a shallow cross across the field. He's wide open, dead to rise. And Nick Foles could have hit him two yards in front of him, got those rack yards. That would have been maybe a 15, 15-yard 15 play. Robinson caught the ball, but it was right on him. It, he was wide open. Mm. It just it worries me, his ball placement. There are a couple of, yeah, a couple of drop picks as well. And there, there were hospital passes as well that he was giving off to those running backs out on the flat. Where he was just allowing them to get nailed and could have been picked off again if the cornerbacks react quicker. So... The Bears need to draft the quarterback, and that's that's my takeaway from all of this. Tariq tore his ACL as well this game. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be a big yeah. loss for them in the passing game. But then David Montgomery, he flashed as well on um, on Sunday. Yeah, uh, David Montgomery's been pretty good. In the, he actually, I think, just from those like little fantasy tidbits you get on the Sleeper app, he apparently was leading the Bears in passing attempts at the running back position. So I think it is a loss, but it's, it's not. it seemed like they were going in that direction anyway. He's a good player, and the Bears yeah. have a really good O line now as well. Somehow, so he's a, he's should be fine. Yeah, yeah, he should be. Um, another upset we want to look at before this before we um finish finish this little segment. Of course, Matt Burns Peak isn't here to um ha- give us his verdict on this. But oh, we're not doing Lions Cardinals if Matt isn't here. <laughs> do you not want to talk Why about that one? Stan, this? Stan, do you not even want to talk about this one? All right, we'll talk Lions Cardinals then. Because I, I know you've got a lot to say about this one. I, I've got a lot to say about it. I thought we were going to skip over that, but no, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to get away with that. So, you can't get bullied out of not saying your segment, <laughs> Stan. Don't let him bully you. Well, we've got, to, we've got time for both. So the <laughs> okay. Lions beat the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday night football because of horrible play calling, bad quarterback play, and uh, to be fair, a good Lions offense. They played well to, in that game to beat our our defense. But the play calling, Slew, you watched the uh, you watched the condensed game that they did a film analysis on it. What what were your takeaways from it? Well, yeah, it's when they're playing a lot of one high looks, whether that be zone or man, and they're just not attacking the seams enough or attacking man coverage to crossing routes. Yeah, it was there a few times in the game, but not enough. And to be fair, Kyler, I think, is the worst passing game I've ever seen from him because he was missing 
reads that were there on the few occasions that Cliff did the right thing. We so, Joe, of, you want to say something? No, no, just on that note, we kind of mentioned it uh, earlier on that it seemed like Kyler was almost going too quickly for his reads. Like he would, he would flash D hop who was breaking open on a route and then just move past him to the next read. And if he just stayed on him a little bit longer, he would have seen him come completely open on a, on a lot. Yeah. Especially if he goes pre snap read correctly as well there, because they were showing a lot of the same looks all day. I saw a lot of three high zone, one high man. It was, it was a lot of the same looks all day to be honest from Matt Patricia. There, there, there wasn't even a lot of um, hiding things when it looked like three high. A lot of the time, it was it three was, high. Yeah, when it was one high look, it was one high man. Exactly. There wasn't much. There wasn't much hiding. And um, one player they could have exploited quite a lot was Jeff Okuda. Of course, he had the pick on the on the a, pick was on route. Hopkins. Yeah, the pick was on Hopkins. But Jeff Okuda, that game, he was awful on the boundary. Hopkins had him in his back pocket, quite frankly, and he could have gotten away with a lot more receptions on that side. I think he yeah. was showing Hopkins far too much respect. Like he was sitting yeah. off him way too much, and Hopkins just fantastic receiver maybe the best in the league but he's not a burner that's not what he's saying is yeah. Jeff Akuda's got speed he didn't need to be sitting off him that much and Kyler should have exploited that a lot more one other little interesting tidbit all so the turnover margin 3-0 for the Lions all of the interceptions that they got all three of were them were thrown by Kyler Murray <laughs> good point <but> no <laughs> were new acquisitions they made in the offseason so Deron Harmon Jamie Collins and Jeff Akuda. Just so you know, um, nice. And also, Deron Harmon should have had a fourth one in the fourth yeah. quarter. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it, it was a game that Kyler will look back on with not many fond memories, but it's something to move forward to. And How do you think the Cards lost it more than the Lions won the game? Defensively, yeah, they they didn't look outstanding. I know they 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 were winning the turnover margin, but it didn't it didn't strike me as as anything special. Yeah, Kyler definitely gave them that game. I think it's pretty clear to say that. Giving games away as well. Jags gave away games to Finns there. Completely. Like Minshew, Minshew, nothing I've ever seen before in my life. I know he's only a second-year guy, but he plays with the veteran mentality. He he reads the field like a veteran. He always takes what the defence gives him, but that's just not what we saw when he played the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. I think they really miss TJ Chark. He's, yeah. that, he's that go-to guy that's going to win one-on-ones and he'll stretch the field. Without that, it was really condensed. They didn't really have a lot of win-now option kind of thing. Yeah, the, the passing game was really shallow. There wasn't much of a deep ball in there at all. And that allowed the Finns, Finns linebackers, as they were playing their zones, to play quite low down on the field. And yeah, that's another thing to look for if you rewatch this game, is the, the Dolphins played a lot of zone coverage, which is quite interesting because Brian Flores is very much a man coverage kind of defensive guy. And to change it up, it completely messed with Minshew. And he really struggled reading his zones all night. And that was a big reason why he was unsuccessful and the Finns won this game. Ryan Fitzpatrick looked quite Minshew-esque, I think, with 18 out of 20 passes on the night. Uh, very efficient. I also think the Finns just getting up uh, to a 14-point lead at the end of the first quarter so early, it, it just kind of put the Jags on the back foot that they didn't really have the offensive weapons to, to keep up with. You know what? It always happens on Thursday night. It's whichever team comes out to a hotter start yeah. that usually holds on. I don't, know, I don't know why, but you never get the classic shootouts necessarily on Thursday night. The Jaguars were chasing it the whole game and Fitzpatrick was able to just, like you said, Joe, just pick his moments. Yeah. yeah. Devontae Parker is, is leading the team as well, so Matt's going to love that shit. I know he called actually Preston Williams, I think, for... <laughs> the comeback player of the year because that Pre- Preston Williams yeah Preston Williams played really well I think what uh, what Fitzpatrick really did, really did well 
is because when the Jags showed him the man coverage looks, he put it in the window exactly where it needed to be every mm. single time. And the completion percentage shows that in itself, but his accuracy was phenomenal. He had fun, he had, he had fun whilst doing it. There was one play, I think he tried to, do, tried to um, use a spin move on one of the defenders uh, down the stretch of the game because he knew he was so far ahead. Uh, this, is, this is the vintage Fitz, Fitz magic we love to see. Yeah, when he's having fun, he's usually doing well. Exactly. I, mean, I, I think it's that's probably, you know, causation doesn't imply correlation, but yeah, at I the end of the mean. day, uh, one good point from the Jags is James Robinson had a, a another good game, 129 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns. I think he's he's done bits for Stan's fantasy team as well with that pick, amazing pickup. He really has. I mean, shame he couldn't get me the win this week, but your credits to him. He's been a great free agent pickup it's, so far. Yeah, and to be fair, we did all absolutely rinse the Jags when they released Fournette, but. It shows they knew what they had there. I don't think Fournette... Honestly, I don't think Fournette would have done any better. Yeah. I think he's probably got more speed than Robinson. He's got a bit more experience, but Robinson isn't much worse. And for the money... They they must have saved money when they released Fournette. Probably. I don't think they would have just binned him off otherwise. Unless unless it's part of just the team cohesion as much as anything else. Yeah, I I think that's part of the issue as well. Because they've gotten rid of quite a few big name players. And it might have just been a case of look, we're, we're going to play football this season. If you, if you don't want to be part of it, don't be part of it. That's what they were all saying kind of going into the season is that they, they had, you know, people who didn't, you know, had controversy controversy with the Jags or didn't agree with the Jags sort of, you know, aura, Jeffersons. All oh, right. But if that's the right thing, the energy of the Jags, let's say. Um, culture? Are you thinking culture? Culture, that's the one. Culture's Culture's the a, lot, the one. a lot better of a word. That yeah. word that they all, all the teams say, but doesn't actually mean anything. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Frequently used on the Move the Sticks podcast too. And we all know the best culture is the Washington football team. Obviously. To be fair, the Move the Sticks podcast wouldn't like Joe right now because he's wearing his hat, hat backwards and that doesn't show a very professional vibe, apparently. But I'm not a quarterback, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only quarterbacks have to do that, obviously. Is it say a Bucky Brooks take, obviously? It is a Bucky Brooks. What about wearing your, your hat sideways? What is that? <laughs> That's um, terrible, I think. That's a bench QB. Universally look. hated, I think. What yeah, the hell are you? Bit both. Bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> right, so looking back on this week, what, what can we take away other than the games we just looked at? What are the big things that jumped, jumped off the screen as you were watching the games on Sunday? If the, ta- if the Saints have to insist on putting Taysom Hill on the field using more of a distraction than the obvious that's where the play is going because it doesn't achieve anything for them. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really, good pretty good point. So yeah. in terms, uh, in terms see, of It's been, your... what, two or three years of Taysom Hill now and they do the same thing every time he's on the field. If he's lined up as a receiver, he's getting a screen. If he's lined up at quarterback, it's a read option and there's no way in hell that he's handing that ball off. <laughs> yeah. He's that, a bit of a selfish guy with the ball. Do you even think there's an option to, to hand it off? Or it's just that's a good point. It may, be a, it may be a designed run. It's just yeah. a QB keeper, I think, at this point. There's no point calling it a read option. On, on no a lot of them, ball. actually, he seems to be basically not even reading the running back. He's, he's basically running behind the running back as a lead blocker afterwards. So it could just be a, a QB run. Either that or he's just running where he thinks he needs to go, but that's not how you do a read option. Because either, way, either way, he doesn't deserve it, the money he's getting. So yeah, that's yeah, a fair point. Yeah, absolutely. So what is it? Ten million pound, ten million dollars they're paying him. Oh my god, that is that is obscene. It's a pretty cushy job though, isn't it? Getting yeah. for like four plays a game. Hey, he does special teams. He does do special teams. He's, he's paying ten, ten mil for a glorified special teamer. I do find it funny when you see someone on 
Twitter defending him, being like, "Yeah, what other quarterback does that and plays special teams? Why would you Tim want Tebow. a qu- Why would you want your quarterback to play special teams? How is Tim that an advantage?" Could be, he wasn't their quarterback, was he? Or their quarterback of the future? Taysom, I don't think they believe that Taysom Hill's the quarterback of the future. I think they do. I don't think they've no, paid. They can't. No, they can't believe true. he. That's not true. They can't there's, believe he's a starting quarterback. There's too many good starting quarterbacks coming out. If he was a starting quarterback in their eyes, why did they have Teddy Bridgewater last year? And Jameis this year. Exactly. Why would you have those guys if you've got your starter of the future in Taysom Hill? There is no way when Drew Brees retires, we're going to see Taysom Hill starting quarterback. That's just not happening at all. Well, you'd hope I want not. to see Jameis with his contacts in, getting some, getting some shots. I want to see I, that. I, yeah, I'd rather... I, I mean, to be honest, he's maybe the Saints... Like, would the Saints be that much less effective right now? I mean, Drew Brees I mean, isn't playing great. They'd get more yards. They'd also he's got, have more he's picks, got a bigger but... arm, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most certainly, he's got massive. He's got much They might do that thing Brees. where they just stick him in if they need a Hail Mary. They probably yeah. would, uh, I yeah. imagine. Mm. Especially as Drew Brees' arm is completely shot at this point. Like, there's no, there's no recovering of it. Also, while we're on last week's stuff, Andy, we- Andy Reid is a fucking wizard. Yeah, like, some is. of the play designs are just crazy at this point. It's like he's taking the piss. When you- I, took an- I took a list, actually, a little <laughs> list of his formations and plays that I just hadn't seen. So he had a quad stack with a motion. Four players lined up, but one in motion. A double um, running back sw- swing fake screen with a tight end delay. And a rollout with Hill in the backfield before an underarm shovel pass to their fullback, Anthony Sherman. Yeah. I'm and kidding. to top it off, a wildcat reverse to Mahomes, with, who threw a, um, a throwback pass to the opposite corner. It was just yeah. like... He's taken it out of like football playbook. He's taken it straight out of like an, the, like the NFL flag league playbook or something. It's no, no it's... insane it, the stuff he does. It's literally the... You know the coach from Waterboy, where he's just like writing up plays and like I've, making ridiculous... I've never seen it. It's it's literally that I think. I, I my my thing's relevant to the that game as well. I I said maybe it's just the Chargers. I think Pat Mahomes returned to an MVP like form against the Ravens. Almost four hundred t- uh, yards in the air, four tuddies, uh, an extra tuddy on the ground, which is pretty sexy. Like you said, the Sherman under underhand shovel pass was kind of ridiculous. He got one to Eric Fisher in at the end, and then two spectacular passes to Hardman and Hill. I think he just put a punishing pace on the Ravens right from the start. We were down 27 points before the end of the half and there was nothing we could do to come back from that. And he just continues to do things that we won't see again from another quarterback Mm. or at least will probably influence so many generations of quarterback down the line. I don't know if it could influence it because that type of thing is all natural. You can't teach someone to have an arm like Patrick Mahomes. That's generational talent. Uh, Joe, as a Ravens fan, do you worry that the Chiefs have your number a little bit? Like how, you know, when it was Brady and Manning, how Brady always seemed to come out on top? Do you yeah, worry Lamar about that? Lamar said, see, there are kryptonite or something in the in the post-game presser, which is a bit sad. Um, I just think their play style is, is very difficult for us to contain with how we play the game. Um, we can't really rely on just running the ball, eating up the clock when every time they get it, they're whacking out some ridiculous play and just throwing to a wide-open receiver down the field. There I, was a point, though, at 13-10, after you forced their first three and out, that then you went like three passing weight, passing plays in a row, where before that you were averaging like 10 yards a rush. So, I don't, so then they got the ball off that, scored a field goal, and then got the ball back after half time. Yeah, because we, uh, we stepped away from what that, our philosophy yeah. was. But it, it wasn't like you were far enough back that you couldn't run the ball you're three points down 
yeah in that in that one situation and then later on in the game we we kind of made it a bit close as well but at that point yeah. i think we were oh, at that point yeah sure. you, you had you yeah. had to be passing the ball there wasn't enough time in the game i think just comparing the chiefs and the ravens i think in a sense the chiefs are always going to have a slight up hand on the ravens in the current way they play because the ravens are a running team and they rely a lot on their defense because that running teams often have to because they're not necessarily going to be the teams that put up ridiculous numbers that a uh, pass heavy offense like the chiefs will but yeah that's the fact the chiefs have pass heavy offense they're always going to put up high numbers and the ravens might not be able to keep up with that I think Lamar's so, more like efficiency minded than the necessarily big numbers through the air, and he will have yeah. his days where he's... it was just it was just to be honest, it was just the worst Lamar had played in yeah. a long, long time. I don't yeah. think it, I don't think it may have even that much to do with Styles because Lamar was just off. Yeah, and you had to you saw it because he had to lean on his running game as well uh, on escaping the pocket and and running, and he was, yeah. he was doing well on the ground. But I don't want to see him. On the ground, if if I can avoid it, I would rather see him be more clinical, surgical, like we've seen out of the, the first two weeks, uh, like we were kind of raving about the week before. But... I, I think you're going to need better edge rushers to take him down as well. That's what the Chargers do. You get Ingram and you get Bosa, and you rush Mahomes, make it so his first his read isn't ready when he needs to throw the ball. Yeah, that's um, a trade you guys definitely need to think about because if the, if we're lucky enough to see those teams again in the like about that hour in the playoffs. We, we need to see a better Ravens defence if we want to see the Ravens stay in the game for a lot longer. Our, our defence in general was, was pretty good, though. Like, if you saw our first two weeks, like... You didn't get enough... You didn't get pressure on it. You didn't get pressure on him anywhere near consistently I know, enough. I know, but I, I, I'm saying, generally speaking, this might have been more of an off week uh, for the whole team. I mean, watching... If you compare it, I know it's the Texans, but against the Texans, um, our whole defence stood up, came away with multiple turnovers. Marcus Peters had an amazing pick. LJ Fort really, really showed that he was a serviceable, very good linebacker at the position. And none of that was really present in this in this game as much. That's because the Chiefs are simply built different. And you've got yeah, to, if Lamar, to match that when you play up against them. Yeah. If Lamar has the time, he will rip any defensive secondary apart. It doesn't matter how talented they are. You can't give him that time to throw and be comfortable. Yeah. Granted, he was doing stuff that there's no things you can stop like that jump away pump fake. So that that's, that kind of stuff's just going to happen. It's just annoying because they're two generational players, I think. And uh, so far, every time... Well, actually, no. The first game, to be honest, like last last year when they played each other, Lamar had a very good game. As they were well. close. Uh, but that, that in that game, he relied a lot more on his... His first option was was kind of to run a lot on a lot of occasions, and that's obviously when he broke the single season rushing record. But I don't want to see that. Like like I said, in the first two weeks, we did so well with a surgical approach and sort of efficient approach from Lamar. And I want to see more of that really because that's what's going to yeah. be better in the long term. Absolutely. Um, my take this week is that Kyle Shanahan again is just a genius. He could. Yeah. I, I saw this. Uh, was, I think the pick six pod they touched on this briefly. He's just, he's an absolute genius. The fact he put up 36 points on the Giants when he's without his starting quarterback, he's without his starting running back, he's without his second or third choice running back, he still manages to score four touchdowns on them. That is is absolutely crazy to me. It's it's on the Giants, but it's still an NFL defence. It's an NFL (laughs) defence. Barely. All right. (laughs) Yeah. He's still a genius. You can say what you want. Kyle Shanahan is still a genius. You've got your backup quarterback in there. He has a relatively efficient game. And you managed to incorporate your, your new trick play wide receiver. You've got Brandon Ike in there with a rushing game of three attempts for 31 yards. You've got Jerk McKinnon back in there. But yeah, it's just really, really impressive to me how they managed to pick up so many points with so many starters injured. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my big takeaway from this week. Going genius coaches, Sean McVay is going back to yeah. that higher level again because he's 
doing play call. I don't know why, what happened last year. I don't know if he got complacent on his offense that worked, but he's added new wrinkles and therefore they scored a lot of points against a really good Bills team. Yeah, they did. That was really impressive. I, I expected more from the Bills defense person, personally. And I would have, I would have backed them to perhaps lock them down to something like 14 points, but they really didn't. They didn't fare that well against them. We're going to need to see a net better Bills defense if they want to go into the playoffs. Yeah, well, that's what we saw against them last year as well in in the playoffs against the Texans, where they were struggling. Yeah, they need to build on that build on that defense for sure. I've got one one more thing on. just to, go on, to add on here, but uh, Brady had his best game yet as a Buck, and one thing we've been saying for a while is that often people kind of have this Brady washed up argument every single year at the start of the season when he struggles and then he starts to warm up around week three, week four, and then he sort of takes over the season. And obviously last year was a blip in that he had no weapons and hella injuries to, to, to battle through, but almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, another fumble, which was not great to see, but it was recovered by the offense. So not yeah. bad. It's surprising um, for me to see a Bruce Arians QB finish a game without an interception. To be honest, because he's a big, he's a big guy of no risk it, no biscuit. You've got you've got to throw that throw that ball deep. And he has seemed to move away from that though. It's definitely more. It's a Brady offense with Bruce Arian elements more than the other way around. Yeah, no, that's really good to see from him as well because in the in this day and age, it's becoming more and more apparent. It's not about selecting quarterback for your scheme. It's about having. An offensive coordinator and offensive mind who can adapt their scheme to fit around the quarterback and those the most successful schemes. So it's, it's impressive to see quite an old school coach and an NFL veteran in Bruce Arians adapting his scheme to fit Tom Brady. I think that's, that's quite commendable on his behalf. So it's just moving onwards, there's a clear front running in the MVP race this year. Like let's not be funny about it. And um, I believe one of our one of our hosts on this show um, called it. Is that me? Is that me? Yeah. Was that me? Was I was I was I bang on? Was that what happened? Week three is week three. No, but it's what happened that I was exactly right, and everything I said would happen has happened. Up to week three, yes. Don't go too much, Lou. But just talk us through what's what's happening. What's the keys to this season so far? I don't want to say it because I, it hurts every time I hear that little hashtag. So I'm not going to say it. What Ross is cooking? Oh, stop it! Oh no. (laughs) The NFL has taken something that was fun and absolutely killed it with their. Well, Ross not thought about Ross cooking, Slew. No, Ross cooking is fantastic. <laughs> the word let Ross cook is just overexposed. And it's only, as I Joe said, it's only week three. But yeah, they're letting they're him air it. They're letting him cook, though. They're they don't le- need to say <laughs> let, let him cook. They're, they're letting him air it out. They're giving him the ball to run that offense. And it's making them look a bit silly why they haven't been doing it for the last four or five years, to be honest. Yeah, it is quite perplexing when you've got quarterback and he's standing it's how you've got a run-focused offense. It's, it's bemusing to me. And at least they finally realised that they do need to, they need to um, let Ross, in fact, cook. Oh, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want it to not yeah. happen now when people say that. I know what you mean. He's a really just, he's a cringy guy, like, let's be real. But he's put into he's Mr. Unlimited, mate. So far. Mr. Unlimited. And he's got unlimited capacity to score tuddies. 14 touchdowns in three games is freaking ridiculous, man. Mm. If it do, does take a step back, I think there's like four quarterbacks maybe based on current Aaron form. Aaron Rodgers won. Mm. I'd say Aaron Rodgers is probably the, the, the lead behind Russell Wilson. Yeah, right the others were the other three before this week's games are down were Josh Allen and Lamar. And then I'd written 
it's hard to overlook Pat Mahomes, who can always go on a tear, and then he does what he does on Monday Night Football. And I think that can pretty much be described as a tear. Yeah, but he did have a dodgy game last season, and he's still got a unanimous. Um, he's still got he still unanimously voted in as the MVP. So he could potentially bounce back from that. But with the season Russ is having, so far. oh, you're talking Lamar there? Yeah, Lamar. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm oh, talking. I'm yeah. talking Mahomes. If he just goes on that stretch, then he is the oh. best. He is the best player in football, and yeah, it's just, if he can keep that up week to week, then sure. But sorry. I think Rogers has got a good good shot at making the MVP though with the way he's playing Absolutely. right now. Yeah. I he's think he's lights he, out. Yeah, and he's he's spreading the ball around. There are some, you know, Lazard will randomly have a good game. Van Vantes Schulte, how, how do you say his name? Vantes Scouting. Yeah, Vantes Scouting. Vantes Scouting have, have a good game. Just like does it help you, fantasy owners though? Does it? Come on, Aaron, a bit of consistency. Yeah, I know. The one thing that's consistent is Aaron Jones in the receiving game is bloody consistently great. And the boxing game. Yeah. But I'm saying like they just stick him out wide so much, and he's he's been doing he's been a workhorse back in that regard. I honestly I think he's on a tear as well, just throughout these games, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, who, who they got this week. They've got was it? The, I do believe they're playing the Falcons. What's it? What's it? Who the Falcons? That was it. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> the Packers. They could absolutely the destroy them. Atlanta Falcons. I, I, I they will. They, they, they. It could be. It could be a, um, a dropping. Yeah, they, the Falcons won't have to worry about conceding a freaking ridiculous comeback this week because they're going to get absolutely battered. dicked on the entire game. <laughs> Just being honest, mate. Like, it's... It hurts, but it's true. It does. It is true. Does um, Josh Allen need a bit more love from you guys? I think oh, Josh I'm, Allen... Is I'm loving awesome. Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving Josh Allen this season. He's cleaned, up his me- he's cleaned up his mechanics. He's got a great offense and it's just clicking for him right now. He's got Stephon Diggs. He's got John Brown. He's got... Cole Beasley, who's having a great season. Yeah, he has the sky's been the, gifted the some weapons. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, I was just saying that the the GM and the ownership of the Browns have really gifted him with weapons and invested into him, which is what you need to do as a young quarterback. Yeah, Brandon Bean's done a phenomenal job with that team. His O-line's been consistently like serviceable as well. He's not the best, but not the worst in the league. And he's got people to throw it to. <laughs> and yeah, I think also um, just the, the bounds that leaps and bounds we've seen him come through from the second to the third year in just how much more patience he has and how he's not trying to force the ball into places where it shouldn't be. I think he did. I wouldn't say MVP, but I'm not rushing that yet, but he definitely looks a lot more surgical. I love that word this week. Surgical. Surgical. He's very precise and accurate. Do they have, you know how the PFA awards have young player of the year. Do they have that in, the NFL is just rookie of the year. Rookie rookie of the, of the year. They just got rookie. Shame, because Josh Allen would have had that. What do you no. define as a young person like under 25? Yeah. Yeah, but then you've got seniors coming out of college age 24, haven't you? That's on them. Yeah, Don't Joe go Burrow, to college, mate. Fucked, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got Hunter Renfro, who rookie spent like the year, five years in college as well. No, nah, I think um, unless, unless the Seahawks absolutely fall off a cliff or they get a couple of big injuries on offense, then Wilson pretty much has this locked up, basically, because the whole media is already behind him anyway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I, did take... call, I did call it first, though. Everyone else jumped on after week one. Just... Shut up. Um, before we take a look at next week's games, I'm just going to hand over to you for our um, weekly pick-em update. Oh, you want to know what's going on? I want to know. Okay, so we actually have two tied results. Ooh, juicy. So in tied, we could call it tied second, but I'm going to call it tied fourth, just because it's if not me. Lose. Yeah, it's um, Matt and Joe. 
both oh. 31, 16, and 1. Just thanks, to Eagles. What will we be this week then? You were both 9, 5, and 1. Ah, okay. Wait, 9, 5, and 1? Oh, because the draw, of course. Because the draw. Because <laughs> if you'd if you predicted the draw, I probably would have given you about 5 I don't points. think anyone freaking predicts a draw, to be honest. No, I mean, realistically, if we knew Doug Peterson wasn't going to be aggressive anymore, that we should have done. I'm still not okay with that. Why didn't they just kick the... You know what? It's right, over. Put it it's done. It's done. Don't worry. It's done. Just do the breathing the techniques. Do the breathing. Um, and in tied first place at 33, 14 and 1. Who could it be? You're one, you're one win off. What? You're, so two you're wins. One win off. Oh, two, two wins two off. Wins, sorry. Two wins off. You've got to earn both of those. Yeah, it's Stan and myself. Three weeks on top, baby. So what were you guys this week then? That means um, you, you had a good week, Luke. Stan was 10-4-1. I was 11-3-1. Big weeks. Big weeks indeed. I'm, I'm Mr. Unlimited at this. <laughs> Please no. Make it. <laughs> right. Really I prefer, to be honest, I prefer Mr. Unlimited than let, to let Russ cook, so I'm absolutely really? fine with that. Yeah. I think they're both equally bad. So. No, let Russ cook is bad because of how much it's been done. Mr. Unlimited is just funny. With our week four preview, we've got me this week, the drop back game of the week. Joe, what you got for us this week? Oh, I thought it was just, is it not just one game of the week for all of us? As yeah, a, I, as I, a, I, I, I thought we made a mutual it. decision. I thought this. we were good. Yeah, I thought we were going to do a big Stan style introduction and let us know what network it's available on. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know the game, the network this week. It's the Chiefs versus the Pats, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Chiefs versus the Pats. What can, right. we, only, what can we expect from this game? Well, I think uh, out of both sides, we, we were just talking about how amazing the play calling of Andy Reid has been and how great Pat Mahomes has been. Looks unstoppable against the Ravens. And I personally believe in my little biased view that the Ravens defense have got better personnel than the, the Pats defense. I think Especially Cam's in the also, front seven. Yeah. Cam's also yeah, shown the front seven is shaky. Cam's shown an ability, particularly in the last game against the Raiders, to sling the ball. Uh, he's had two touchdowns through the air, just over 700 yards. Uh, but he's also had four touchdowns on the ground, especially in the red zone. He's very efficient in that way. And I think they're going to have to rely on that a lot. Uh, Sony Michelle had a big game last week against the Raiders as well. First 100-yard game, but only on nine touchdowns. Uh, nine touchdowns? Nine, nine carries. So, just nine touchdowns. Yeah, just a <laughs> cheeky little nine-touchdown game. It's not much, but... Yeah, you don't um, do that sleep. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. With the, with the, with the Patriots backfield they like to switch it around a lot but i you'd think with nine carries 117 yards they're, they're going to feed michelle a bit more this week especially being a key factor like you need to get the running game going to, to eat up time just to limit the amount of time that pat Mahomes that's not their style that's not that's not what josh mcdaniels does and um i think the chief i think the chiefs here could potentially they could up like they could win this game by like 14 21 points something like that because this patriots offense in terms of the way they manage the clock, is very, very similar to the Ravens and the fact that it's very much yeah. run first. And I think we could we could see a repeat of what happened last week if they're not too careful. Expect yeah. either Rex Burkhead or James White, if he's back, though, to have a big game because Dobbins was your best running runner on down the stretch on last Monday, Joe, because he was able to do stuff... He was able to take advantage of the Chiefs linebacker mismatches and receive the ball a lot. You lined him a lot out wide, and the uh, Patriots do like to do that. So yeah. I think if if you're going to pick one in fantasy, either pick Burkhead or White, depending on if White's back. 
But like or they shot Burkett. Well, I mean, to be honest, they've been so patriots for Burkett not to get a snap after he scored three touchdowns last week. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really true. Burkhead is always a fantasy nightmare. Yeah, it's probably never picking Patriots running back. Good rules to live by. But I think getting to the red zone is going to be the hardest bit for the Patriots. Because once they're in the red zone, they're clinical. They will get it done. Like That's what Josh McDaniels is an expert in that area. But Cam Newton, he's going to have to throw the ball a lot more this game if he wants to succeed. Because they're, yeah. they're going to be playing behind at some point. That's inevitable mm. against Patrick Mahomes. Belichick's struggled to stop Mahomes. Like in the games they've played, even the ones they've won, they've put up big numbers. Mm. Yeah, so, especially with like you got you got Stephen Gilmore leading that offense. You he will likely match up on Tyreek Hill, but you just can't match up with, with players like Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman, Travis Kelsey. They don't have the personnel. There's, there's and too it's many gonna, weapons. It's going to be a, it's going to take a hell of a lot of scheming this week from Belichick if he's going to want to stop them. Because they just don't have the personality. I don't know if you can scheme against Andy Reid. That like his play calling, like we saw last week, is, is no one's gonna bring. He, he's pulling stuff out that he just. It seems like he makes up during the week and just puts into the game plan, and then that's the game that's plan. That's literally over. his job, Joe. I know, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like he's just sort of making it up on the spot. Yeah, I get you. Like, he's so plays you can't predict. You're not like okay, well. You know, then they're going to have you know Miko Hartman running a, a quick slant here or whatever. Like, no, it's it's just crazy shit from from what I yeah. saw last week. No, you're right. Yeah, well said. That's really yeah, just a good way of putting. You don't know what you're going to see because what even is the Chiefs' offense other than just Patrick Mahomes doing crazy shit for the whole game? Pretty much. With a that's what it comes down to. Um, oh. Predictions for this game, then. Who we got? Chiefs. Probably the Chiefs. They're at home as well, and they're one of the few teams that have fans. So, um, plus Chiefs. it's just hard to go against the Chiefs because they don't seem to struggle against anyone that isn't the Chargers anyway. Yeah, I think I'm going to say yeah. Chiefs 41 to 21. I can get behind that. that. I think, yeah, the Patriots are good at the same issue you guys did, Joe, that yeah. they don't have the elite edge rushers to make Mahomes rush. So, Chase Winovich has been looking really good recently, but it is quite worrying the fact that he's the best pass rusher on that team. I mean, he's no Joey Bosa, is he? Hey, leave, leave him alone. He's got cool hair. You're just saying that because he, he went to Michigan. And that, but okay, just stop, <laughs> stop with the personal boy. attacks now, Joey. <laughs> stop with the personal attacks. All right, mate. Right, so storylines and uh, games within the games this week. There are some, there are some great matchups this week. What can we look for within those games to uh, pay attention for? Slow, you put your hand up. Yeah, can it not everything except Thursday night football? Uh, yeah. Sure. There we go. Thank you, Slow. Go. What's your take? No, but why do they put these games on on prime time? Do they just think no one's going to watch games midweek? Broncos Jets is so crap. Hey man, it's Brett Ripien versus Sam Darnold. No, it's Brett Ripien versus Sam Darnold being held down by Adam Gase. Okay, point That's taken. That's true. Point taken. Oh, God. Imagine the thought of being held down by Adam Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was horrible. You almost sound lusting after that. You know? <laughs> I didn't like that. Brett Ripien had a pretty efficient day, though, uh, when he came in at, for, for the Bucks. He, he was eight of nine. I mean, he did throw a pick, but it was eight of nine. Ooh, eight of nine. That's like preseason numbers. <laughs> hey, he was in relief for... A very frazzled Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, but Jeff, Jeff Driscoll looked good when he was coming in relief for Drew Locke. Yeah. Also, it's, it's interesting to see that Blake Bortles isn't playing. I guess he needs more time to learn the system. But yeah, he's been there a week. I don't think he'll know the playbook yet. 
Yeah. I want to see Blake Bortles. I would have watched it. I would have stayed up and watched it. It would have made it more interesting, wouldn't it? Because I think it's been too long since you've seen Blake Bortles if you're saying, I want to see Blake Bortles. (laughs) (laughs) You never want to see Blake Bortles. I want to see the single most overpaid man in history take snaps. Leave me alone. I mean, Jay Cutler was a thing. Nah, Jay Cutler was better than Blake Bortles. Jay Cutler's paid a lot of money, though. Yeah, but he was competent. Blake Bortles was not competent. At times. He was also very lazy. Yeah. Anyway. I want to see Josh Allen versus Derek Carr. Because I think Derek Carr... on the same side of the field. How are they going to match up against each other? I'm saying they're matching up. Okay, the Raiders versus the Bills then. Fuck you. (laughs) I think the Raiders look quite good in the first two weeks and they had disappointing performance against the Pats. I originally thought Gruden had turned a corner in those first two weeks and kind of got the team he wanted going. Um, I think Josh Jacobs continues to look really impressive after his what we thought should have been a rookie of the year season last year slew and like we said Josh Allen's just matured so much as a quarterback since joining the league and I think he I just want to see the next steps I want to see if he continues his sort of performance I think he can do against the Raiders defense it's it's nothing particularly special Um, but yeah I'll, I'll be interested in that one I'm also interested in Actually, I'll probably save that for, for the next one. Yeah, you say, you say that one. Give, give us time to talk as well, Joe. That's all right. <laughs> um, I'm interested to see Derek Henry, if he can, if the Pittsburgh defence can stop it, because we've seen how good Pittsburgh have been this year. Can they slow down Derek Henry? These are two 3-0 and teams matching up against each other. No. What are, you, what are you shaking your finger at me for, Joe? They can't. <laughs> they can't stop King Henry. No, I don't, I don't think they will. I think Henry's a beast. Um, it's, it's it's not going to happen. I think. Well, actually, to be fair, like we were saying with the with the limited practice time they'll get, but I think there's only really so much practice time you need for being a just an athletic large fellow. At I don't think point, you need to. What? Sorry. I don't think you need to try and stop Derek Henry. I don't think that's how you beat them. Uh, this is going to be a bold take, but. The key to stopping the cheat, um, the Titans is stopping the play action pass because that's what kills you. That's where they get the yeah. big yardage from. Yeah, Derek Henry's going to probably put up 120 yards, but if you're a defensive coordinator, you let him do that because you're going to score enough points against their defense, and they're not going to score enough points quickly enough. And that's how the Bills got beaten by the Giants in those Super Bowls is they just let Thurman Thomas run for 150 odd yards and just slow down the K gun attack. I'm more worried. Now, that's what's going to beat you if you play the Titans, that they're going to beat you over the top if you try and send too many guys to beat Henry. Yeah. With Derrick Henry, his, I don't think his rushing yards per game, yeah, the numbers matter as much because of the amount he just gets fed the ball. You can say, oh, Derrick Henry, he rushed for 120 yards a game when he's averaging less than four yards a carry. Or his one big, one big play. Exactly. That's the big thing for me. Cause if he's, if it's not that he's not immense yards, talent. Yeah. 100, he's an immense talent, but yeah. 120 yards, it jumps off the stat sheet to you. And this is the reason why stats lie. Is you, see, you see that stat, but you don't realise the fact that he's taken so many carries. He's taken so many snaps that could have been passing plays that could have been 5, 10 yards downfield, mm. possibly more. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, that's a really good point. If you, so if you leave De- Derrick Henry to work his magic, um, the Pittsburgh pass defence, they could, they could probably shut down that play-action pass mm. really quickly. You've got the play, like linebacker like Devin Bush in the middle 
who can probably adjust between guarding between the run and the pass quite efficiently. You've got Mike Hilton, he's having a great year. You've got Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, I expect I I expect the Steelers mm. to come out on top of this game. To be, mm. to be Plus, Derrick Henry was doing bits before Tannehill even got to Tennessee, and they weren't winning games. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. That is I, true. Yeah, but I think with like you said, you kind of need to establish the run for the play action pass to work in the first place. But anyway, um, I do think. No, you don't, Joe. That's old thinking. Okay, whatever. Anyway. I think they are missing Jack Conklin, though. Honestly, uh, I think yeah. he had a because he was kind of held like the Derrick Henry against the Jags in Week Two, for example. It was relatively quiet, and I think that game would have been completely different if Jack Conklin was on the team. I think they're missing him in, in that regard, and yeah, it it just looks like he's, that was he's bound to happen, to do... though, wasn't it? You've got a high level tackle, and you've got a rookie coming in to replace him. Yeah, they'll get there. I don't yeah, think it, they will. Do, yeah. I mean, when they'll get there, it's, it's not going to replace Jack Conklin. No, no, no. they'll get they'll get that they've got a really good line again. They may not be a top level right tackle. That's yeah. fair. Sweet beans. Yeah. Also, okay. teams in desperation mode playing each other: Vikings and Texans, both zero and three. Probably wanted to be in the playoff race to kick off the season. One of them is going to have to start winning soon. Or a draw. Well, no, one of them. I mean, one of them is going to have to start winning soon if they want yeah. to. Reach their aims. I think but, the Texans will come out on top here. Texans have Texans... had a horrible start yeah, to the season, the like schedule-wise. Schedule. Yeah, I think yeah, Texans should really be winning this. To be honest, like this Sean Watson's looked fabulous as usual. The Minnesota defense has looked terrible. It just seems like a matchup that the Texans should be taking advantage of. To be honest, but then of course we did see a massive week from Justin Jefferson last week. He bust out in the slot. He saw eighty percent of slot targets there. Sorry, eighty percent of time in the slot. And, and so with, with him there, perhaps, sorry? Then they still lost. They did still lose. But they were ahead bit... for what seemed like the first time this season. I know. Yeah. It was a bit of a shaky one. Yeah, we've got some great games to look forward to next week. and we were. Is that not similar to the Derek Henry thing, that, that Dalvin Cook was piling up all these yards, but they were shutting down the passing game in the first two games? When they get the passing play-action game working, that's when they're dangerous. You need it yeah. to complement each other. You can't just be like, oh, look at us. We've got 150 yards on the ground today. Yeah. I Another one I also think is the Bears versus the Colts, potentially. And this is why. I think, all right. Bit of a snooze fest, me, though, isn't it, mate? You, you're looking at me with dirty, dirty eyes, both of you. And I want you to, to reel that back in and turn that frown upside down. And this is why... <laughs> Um, I think I want to, I'm just interested in seeing if Colt if if Folds is going to be any good. To be honest, in his actual first start, if not coming in mid-game, I think he looked a bit ugly last week, like we mentioned at times. A bit rude. But... <laughs> okay, yeah. Takes his Pfizer off. Takes his Pfizer off, and suddenly he's ugly. Not very <laughs> nice, Joe. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. But um, I think the Colts' defense did really well last week. It was against the Jets, but they were consistently getting to Sam Darnold and making it ugly for him. And if they do the same against Foles, I want to see how many interceptions he's going to throw, to be honest. Uh, do you reckon he could get better? also looked very good. But once again, it's against the Jets. So, but. Yeah. I would love Bears to have a much better line than the Jets do. Yeah. And defense. So do the Colts. And everything. And play cooler. 
I would leave, love to see Foles get benched for Trubisky. I think that'd be make a great storyline. I think it probably will happen. Well, if they go back the and forth, just benching each other throughout the season, like four. Are they still times. got Chase Daniel there. Oh, I hope not, because he was even worse than either of them. <laughs> He's been chasing a backup spot. Shut up, Joe. That was terrible. <laughs> that was really bad. Um, on that note, I think it's time to wrap up this one. And that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to head over to our socials to check us out, we're at Instagram at The Dropback, Twitter at The Dropback, Facebook at The Dropback UK, and our website is thedropback.com or .uk, whichever you prefer. I've been Stan. I've been Sam. And I've been Joe. Catch you next week. Peace. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak and Joe Costanzo. I am occasionally just going to have to go down and give him a stroke and shit to shut him the fuck up. <laughs> Joe, did you mouth my name along with me? <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> uh, what can I say? I'm a mouther.